Welcome to Basic Doctrine of the Bible. The teaching series within this podcast is a part of the Basic Discipleship Program. In 2 Timothy 3.16, the Bible says, All Scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness. Our hope is that this material will encourage you to have a great appreciation and respect for God's Word. Now, let's join today's lesson. Hey, welcome to Basic Doctrine of the Bible, and we're in session number two, and today uh, we're talking about the topic of inspiration. Inspiration. We began our series uh, talking about the, the great truth that God speaks. Uh, now we want to transition over four different lessons to talk about the nature of this book we call the Bible, and we're going to start by talking about this subject of inspiration. Inspiration, the doctrine of inspiration, teaches us that the Bible is of divine design. God is the author of Scripture. So many volumes have been produced. Check the Library of Congress. But only one has been composed by God. The Bible is, we could say, the only book God wrote. Many books have been penned by human authors. Solomon, Solomon recognized this in Ecclesiastes 12, 12, but only one book comes from the mouth of the Lord. Uh, we believe all of this to be true because of this Bible doctrine we call inspiration. Now, Christians, saints, even historical figures throughout the ages have recognized the otherworldly nature of Scripture. Abraham Lincoln said, I believe that the Bible is the best gift God has ever given to man. All the good from the Savior of the world is communicated to us through this book. So when we talk about inspiration, we're talking about the view that God is the source behind biblical writings. Now, it's so important that we grasp this teaching. It's so important that we understand what the Bible says about inspiration. If we fail to recognize uh, this truth, we'll we'll end up having perhaps a low view of Scripture. We won't cherish God's Word as we are. We won't allow it to be an authority for our lives. There's an old axiom that says uh, Bibles uh, that are falling apart don't often belong to people who have lives that are falling apart. Bibles that are falling apart don't often belong to people who have lives that are falling apart. In other words, there's great benefit from cherishing Scripture. Now, believe if we are going to cherish Scripture, we've got to have, first of all, a high regard for it. And this doctrine of inspiration will indeed teach us to have a high regard for Scripture. Now, I want to speak on this subject under two subject headings. First, we're going to talk about how inspiration happened from Scripture. Secondly, we're going to talk about what inspiration teaches us. First of all, how inspiration happened. Let me first share a few things that did not happen with inspiration. Number one, inspiration was not a product of what we would call mechanical dictation. Mechanical dictation. 
you could write down Daniel chapter 12, verses 4 through 5 as a reference for this point. There, the Bible says, an angel speaking to Daniel, you, Daniel, keep these words secret and seal the book until the time of the end. Many will roam about and knowledge will increase. Then I, Daniel, looked and two others were standing there, one on this bank of the river and one on the other. Daniel sees, verse 5, these angelic beings who give him direct revelation from God, and he records it. Now, I mentioned that passage to draw attention to the fact that indeed, sometimes the Bible authors were told to mechanically dictate, to write verbatim what was said by God or said by some heavenly messenger. But that was not always the case inspiration involves something at times that is different than that. The Bible you hold in your hand is not the result of holy men of old simply transcribing words from God. Inspiration in many ways is a mysterious process wherein the Lord moves in souls and initiates the thoughts and and inspires the actual words of Scripture in a way that does not involve always mechanical dictation. Uh, Secondly, we could say this about inspiration. It does not involve what we would call uh, mere mystical reception. Mystical reception. Jeremiah 36, 1 through 3 is a great passage in this regard. Uh, There, Jeremiah, excuse me, Uh, records how he received the word of the Lord. The Bible there says, In the fourth year of Jehoiakim, son of Josiah, king of Judah, this word came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Take a scroll and write on it all the words I have spoken to you concerning Israel. You could go on and, and read the rest of the passage there. But I want you to see that inspiration isn't just a mystical moving in the soul, wherein one is somehow uh, just motivated by God in a magical sense to write scripture. The Lord, yes, moves in the soul to prompt people, and at times he gives them the content and the very words they are to say. So you could say it's not mechanical dictation. It's not a mere mystical reception. Number three, we shouldn't think of it as heightened sensitivity and artistry. Heightened is not heightened sensitivity and artistry. Maybe you've been to a concert before and you've seen a musician play his or her instrument or sing a song. Maybe you've been to a museum before and observed fabulous works of art and you or someone that was with you walked away from one of those experiences and said, wow, that musician or that artist was so inspired. When we speak like that, we're indicating that the, the person in view has some type of bent, some type of ability that's not really tangible that enables them to write, to sing, to play, to paint, and with a certain degree of skill and talent. 
that goes beyond what is normally expected. Know this, inspiration is so much more than that. We're not just talking about some men being filled with good words about the Lord. We're not just talking about flowery language here, beautiful prose, and the ability to be spiritual and to speak well of God. Inspiration is a supernatural act of God wherein he moves in the soul of an individual and enables them to write scripture. Revelation 1.11 is a, is a good reference here. Revelation 1.11, you see that the Lord told John on the island of Patmos to write on the scroll what he would see. And the Lord wanted him to send it to the seven churches. Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamum, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. So no, notice that the Bible view of inspiration is more than just this artistic bent, this heightened sensitivity, this ability to be in tune spiritually. No, this is God specially revealing truth and leading men to give direct communication from him. Now, let's look at some things that were involved. We've talked about the negative, not mechanical dictation, not a mystical reception, not heightened sensitivity in artistry. Now let's talk about some things that are involved with inspiration. Uh, First, know this, God predetermined what he would reveal. God predetermined. Uh, Know this, according to the Bible, the Bible has existed since eternity past. Now, I don't know. I've heard people propose before that somewhere in heaven there are uh, plates with the actual pre-inspired word of God transcribed in some heavenly language. I don't know if we can necessarily make that claim from Scripture, but I do know this. In the mind of God, since eternity passed from the beginning of time, God had his revealed word, his truth in mind. It has stood for all of eternity. Psalm 119.89 speaks of this truth. It says, Lord, your word is forever. It is firmly fixed in heaven. Know this, friend, about your Bible. Oh, don't have a low view of your Bible. Don't neglect the word of God. Make sure you treasure it and store it up in your heart so that you might not sin against God. Know this about your Bible. Before time began, before you were born, before the timeline of human history had its commencement, the word of God dwelt eternally with God. This is why Jesus, John 1, 1 is considered the embodiment of the word. This is why in Proverbs 8, we see the word of God personified and we see a description of the way that the word of God existed before the earth was formed. God's word is eternal. Whenever we read it and study it, we get to place our minds and our hearts in eternity. Cherish the word of God. God predetermined, Psalm 119.89. But we know also from scripture that men were moved. Men were moved. That is, God knew before time began the content of his revealed truth. Then he, at certain times 
in human history by his spirit moved men to record the words of scripture. The Bible teaches us this in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse number 20. Write that down. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse number 20. The Bible there says in verse 20, no prophecy of scripture comes from a prophet's own interpretation because no prophecy, verse 21, ever came by the will of man. Instead, men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Spirit. Men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Spirit. Now, now know this, there is a degree of mystery in all of this. I can't explain precisely how all of this works. We have to, in many ways, accept it by faith that the Lord prompted, motivated, led, enabled, and informed men so that they would give Scripture. The X's and O's of how all that works will always remain a mystery. Know this, there are secret things that belong to God. We will never understand this side of eternity, Deuteronomy 29, 29. But when we study the Bible, we get a word picture, if you will. Uh, we get an example or an object lesson that kind of gives us a picture of how this might have worked. Uh, the word moved there or carried along, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse number 20 and 21, the, the, the verbiage there in the Greek language, the same verbiage also appears in Acts chapter 27, verse number 17, to speak of how sails of a boat were filled with wind. It's actually found in Acts chapter 27, verse 15. You know the whole story, Paul shipwrecked. Verse 15 says, the ship was caught and unable to head in the wind and gave way to it and were driven along. So the same word to speak of this ship being filled with the wind and carried along is used to speak of how prophets in the Old Testament were motivated and led to, and they were inspired to author scripture. So we have here a great example. We know the Holy Spirit in the Bible is often depicted by a wind. We see in David's day, the Holy Spirit has wind blowing through the mulberry bushes. And here in the Bible, we see the same Greek language used to speak of a boat being driven by the wind. It used to speak of the, the prophets being driven to write scripture. And so we know that there is a mystery here. But we know we have a picture. God, through his spirit, somehow moved in the lives of men and motivated them, informed them, inspired them and use them to give us scripture, inspiration. Know this, there's always a degree of faith or mystery, and there's always a degree of faith. We trust what God's word says and believe that this is a divine book given to us by God. And he inspired men in ways beyond our abilities to understand or perceive. He inspired men to write this book. It's a book unlike any other book. It's the only book God wrote. Uh, lastly, I'd say this about how inspiration happened. We're still under our, our first subject heading, how inspiration happened. Lastly, I would say this, it's a miracle. It is 
a miracle. And, and we, we have to believe that. We, you know, many will end up um, perhaps denying this doctrine because they can't explain it. And there's a lot of things in life we can't explain. Uh, to be strong Christians, we just have to come to grips with that. And we have to take what God says by faith. The psalmist said in Psalm 77, write that down, Psalm 77 and verse 14, the psalmist said this, you are the God who works wonders. You revealed your strength among the peoples. Uh, Know this, God is a God who reveals himself. God is a God who works wonders. He can do anything. If he created the sun, moon, and stars, certainly he can inspire men to give us his word. How inspiration happened. We've got to accept it by faith. There's things we can't understand about it. But at the end of the day, we have faith that it's a miracle of God. Let's talk secondly under this second subject heading. I want to talk to to you about what inspiration teaches us. Scripture tells us, 2 Timothy 3.16, all all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. While the exact methods and means of this inspiration may be a mystery for as long as we live on earth, the doctrine of inspiration is still instructive for us. It has great meaning for us. The fact that God has breathed out the Bible teaches us several important truths. Uh, Let's consider four of them. One, inspiration teaches us that God loves us. God loves us. We read there in 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable profitable. Know this. Here's why God inspired scripture, because he wants to help you. He wants to add value. He wants to bring some benefit into your life. He loves you so much that he wants you to know the way of salvation. He wants you to be rescued from your sins and delivered from eternal death. He wants to give you wisdom for life, for your family. He wants to help you by giving you truth He wants to save you from all of the lies of the evil one. Know this, inspiration is a sign of our heavenly Father's love. We know 1 John 4, 18, that God is love. And know this, the God who is love has not left you on earth without truth for life. He's given you the Bible. The doctrine of inspiration also reminds us that we are finite. We are finite. By ourselves, we are weak imperfect and fallen at best. The scripture teaches that we all have sinned. There's none righteous, no, not one. The scripture teaches us that we all stumble in many ways. Although the Lord is holy, we are unholy. Although he is infinite, we are finite. Although he is impervious and perfect, we are imperfect. We are finite, and that is the reason that we need revelation from God. The fact that God would lead us with an instruction book for life and for salvation is testimony to the fact that left to ourselves, 
we are broken and sinful. Romans 15, 4 teaches us, whatever was written in the past was written for our instruction so that we may have hope through endurance and through the encouragement from the scriptures. God gave us this book because we're finite and we need instruction and encouragement. So thank God. Be grateful. Humble yourself and let the doctrine of inspiration inform you that you're a mere broken person, but the Lord has given you bread from heaven to help you. Number three, the doctrine of inspiration teaches us that the Bible is unlike any other book. Oh, we should hold it in high regard because it is the only book God wrote. Now, I have a lot of books on my bookshelves at home and in my office, but I've only got one book that has God as its author. I only have one book that communicates from heaven. I only have one book that was copyrighted in eternity past. I have only one volume that shows me the path of salvation and that gives me absolute and errant truth concerning who God is, concerning who I am, and concerning how life works. The Bible is unlike any other book. The psalmist said in Psalm 119, 130, the revelation of your words brings light and gives understanding to the inexperienced. Oh, I've got books that I've marked up and read and reread, but I've only got one book that when read gives me light from heaven. This should give us a greater appreciation for the Bible. It's a book unlike any other book. Uh, lastly, the doctrine of inspiration teaches us that the Bible can help us. If the author of this book is God, we know that it is a book that can bring great benefit into our life. The psalmist spoke of the word of God and it says, said they are, speaking of God's word, more desirable than gold and an abundance of pure gold, and sweeter than honey dripping from a honeycomb. This, the instruction of the Lord, he would say in verse 7, is perfect, renewing one's life. Know this, God has breathed out this book called the Bible, and it is helpful for life. It should be one of the most cherished and valuable things in your life. Know that God wrote the Bible, it's the only book God wrote, and it can bring great help into your life. Read it regularly. Study it. Make it a priority. If there's anything in your life that's keeping you from having a daily time in God's Word, wage war on that thing. Have a daily time in God's Word and allow it to grow you. Make a commitment all the days of your life to live not just on bread alone, as Jesus said, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And hold on to this great doctrine. And remember in a world in which there are so many opinions, remember in a world where there are so many false philosophies, remember in a world where there are so many people that would take upon themselves a posture of an expert, remember this, you have truth from God and the Bible. And hold on to it cherish it and value it and let it be a lamp unto your feet 
and a light into your path. Thank you for joining us today for our lesson on basic doctrine of the Bible. Stay current with other episodes by subscribing to our podcast or visit us online at basicdiscipleship.net. If you have any questions about the materials presented in this lesson, or if you would like to give feedback, email us at info at basicdiscipleship.net. Thanks for listening.